us. It's not like you were in need of love. You were love. And that perfect love casts out all fear. So we have nothing to worry about. We have nothing to be anxious about because we love you and you put us in us your love so that we might love one another so we might ought we ought to love one another and so we thank you that we come here this morning because we are driven here by your love we were guided by it and so we thank you that that's the platform of all of your intent is your holiness and your love and so father in, in that love we, we ask that you would open up the kingdom for us today, that the kingdom of God is right here among us. It's right here. And that it would open up our hearts, that you would do kingdom business with us today. That you would you would download us and us your, your purpose. And Father, we thank you for the work of Jesus Christ and the love that you demonstrated to us through him. For you so loved the world that you gave your only begotten son. He that believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. What a, what a great act of love. And we, we thank you for that in Jesus' precious name. And everybody said, amen. It's so good to have you. You may be seated. I am very excited this morning to, to bring uh, God's word to you. I'm, I'm so glad that you have taking the time to stop out and hang out with us. I mean, there's a lot of great churches in this city. I know the pastors of them, and you decide to hang out with us, I'm telling you something, man, our pastors in the city, we, we have a relationship uh, with, with, with each other, and, and, and man, it, it's just great to be in fellowship. And so you've decided to, uh, to worship here this morning, and I do want you to know that God wants to do some kingdom business with you this morning. He really does. Uh, he wants to get into your heart and, and share with you how much uh, he loves you. And what I want to do before I start is, is to make mention of an announcement earlier this morning. And the announcement has a lot to do with the 21-day fast that we are entering into in February. Now, most churches do it in January, so people can get off of that whatever they did in December. But we're going to start this one in February. And so uh, this Sunday and next Sunday, I, I want to just get, remind you of that. And next Sunday night, because we're not going to have a Sunday night tonight, I want to talk a little bit about fasting and give you preparation for that. And so it's, it's a beautiful time. If you don't know anything about fasting, you read Isaiah 58. And some of the things that Jesus said in the Gospels concerning fasting. And we're going to be doing that for 21 days. And I like this particular fast because you can eat something, you know what I'm saying? But you just have to be careful what you eat, all right? And so what I'd like to do is just go right to the scriptures, and if you will, if you would turn with me to Ephesians, the second chapter, and these scriptures are going to pop up on the uh, overhead as well, but I also would like to encourage you to read the brain word with you, man, and, and, and take notes and, and all of that good stuff, and, and uh, because we got some cross-references here that we think are going to open up your eyes to what God is doing, and and so I, I'd like to go back to the to the verses that we uh, uh, dealt with the, the last couple of weeks, and, and it starts in verse 15 by abolishing in his flesh the enmity, which is the law of the commandment, and uh, contained in ordinances that in himself he might make the two into one new man, thus establishing peace. Now that's a, a pretty powerful word that we're going to be kind of homing in on a little bit, and, and might reconcile them both in one body to God through the cross by it having put to death the enmity, and uh, he came and preached peace to you who were far away, and peace to those who were near. For through him we both ha have our access in one spirit to the Father, to the Father. And what we uh, see now here is I want to read these next two scriptures to you because they uh, become the basis of the message this morning. The basis of the message this morning. And here is what it says. It says in verse 19 and 20, so then you are no longer strong. 
strangers or and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and of God's household. God's household. And then he says, having been built upon the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone. Now what we did two weeks ago is we talked to you about the healthy alignment that Jesus Christ is doing a great work. Because every single day, man, he's shifting you. Every single day, he's doing something with your spiritual muscles, your spiritual brain, your, your, your spiritual at all. And, he, man, he does it. And he continues that work all the time. And I'm so glad that he does that, do that. And then last week, we talked about that very same Jesus has done work to give you access to the Father. And, and access is important because everybody needs access. And so today what we're doing is, we, is, is we're moving into this statement where, where, where uh, Paul is beginning to use some, 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 some construction management terms. And he's getting ready to move from talking about the body to a building. And, and you're sitting here as a bunch of bodies inside of a building. But I want, I want to show you something this morning that's amazing. Because it's talking about architecture, it's talking about terms of engineering, it's talking about foundation, it's talking about bricks and all those kind of things. And I know some of you may be fascinated with some of the great architectural work around the world. I mean, you can go to some of these places. My, my wife has been to some of them, and she says she's walked into some of these cathedrals, and man, they're breathtaking. I mean, you just look at some of these structures and it takes your breath away. But I don't think you know that when God looks at you, you take his breath away. If you could see what God sees when he looks at you, your life would change about yourself. See, because God is not mad at you, he's mad about you. <laughs> I want you to know that. And now here's Jesus doing this finished work. And it's a beautiful work. What we're going to do is we're going we're to take you to some cross-references so you can understand Something about this human building. And one of the reasons why the message was titled Kingdom Residency was because when you talk about kingdom, you talk about rule. This is a place where you live. You, you, you talk about royalty. This is a place where you are. And God sees you as a royal priesthood. You talk about realm. You talk about power. But also you talk about this thing called residency. A place. Now, in our country today, there's much debate on Capitol Hill about a wall that needs to be built. Some people want it, some people don't. And, and now the government is shut down about it. I'm not here to talk about that issue. But I am here to use that as a platform to tell you about behind that is also residency. There's the people who want residency in America. But, but there's some words that surround that called legalities, okay? Because in order to be a resident of America, you also want to be a legal resident. I'm not here talking political stuff. I'm talking about the desire in people's heart to want access to residency. You want it. And next week, we're going to talk about this, this temple that God resides in. But you got to understand the power of residency. Everybody wants a home. Everybody wants to be a part of a country, a part of a geographical location. But when we talk about a kingdom residency, we're talking about something pretty special. And we're also not only talking about the residency in the kingdom, but we're also talking about the people in that residency. Now let me say you see it. I'll say it again. When God looks at you, it takes his breath away. Why? Because he gave you breath. When God looks at you, man, he's pleased. He looks at you because you are created in his image. He looks at you because he, he, he kneeled over and breathed the breath of life in you. And, and sometimes you don't see what God sees. You look in the mirror and you see, oh my goodness. God looks in this mirror and he's pleased. Because he sees. He's building an architecture. He's 
building a building that cannot be built by any human person. He's building a building that is better than any kind of architecture you'll ever see. He's constructed it, man, and he's in these two scriptures or using building terms to tell you about it. That's what he's doing. And so if I, if I, if I had to tell you the purpose of this whole message, I'm giving you the goods up front, man, and then we're going to break it down. If I had to give you the purpose of this whole message, the whole message is this. The peacemaking work of Jesus Christ on the cross has given you this new humanity, this new humanity that he's pulling together, and he wants to give that new humanity kingdom residency. You're part of that humanity. And I'm going to show you that in just a second. But I want you to understand it. And if you begin to see yourself just like he sees you, not how your mama sees you. So your mama always thinks you're cute. You know. And that was a guy by the name of Flip Wilson who was one of the greatest comedians around. And he just said, I want y'all to know there's a lot of ugly people in the world. <laughs> and he went on to make uh, jokes about it. But see, there's no ugly people to Jesus Christ. Not a single one. And I want you to get this understanding, man. So what we're going to do is we're going to jump over to some scripture, and I'm going to tell you the beautiful work that he's doing on you. See, we get up in the morning, uh, and if you are a young lady, you, you get in the mirror, and you start doing things. Brothers, just get up. Take a shower good. And because of this glory, man, but I, but I want you to grab these two scriptures and understand the work that he's doing in you. The architecture that is going on, the engineering that takes place in you. Kingdom residency, getting you ready. And I want to show you how it begins. Now here's, I hope I can do this right. I'm, I'm techno, techno illiterate. Now, if you go to John, okay, I want to read this to you, and I want to show you some of the insights to what he's building and how he kind of gives a hint to the disciples of why he needs to go. Because he tells the disciples, you know what, man, I got to go. And they said, now hold on. He said, where are you going? And man, and their hearts are broken. He said, but hold on, I got to leave for the simple purpose that I got to go do something. I got to go build something, and I got to come back and get you. Because I want to take you where I'm at so that where I'm at, you will be. That's what he's telling these guys. And they're disappointed. He said, no, no look, I'm not going to leave you as often, but I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit. Now, I want you to understand, Jesus is still doing that work to get you ready for kingdom residency. That work is happening right now. So, check this out. He said, don't let your heart be troubled. Believe in God. Uh, believe also in me, in my father's house, there are many dwelling places. You know what I like about that? He didn't say there were duplexes <laughs> of townhomes. You know what he said? That word is, 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 is described as mansions. Think about that, man. We got some many mansions in Fort Collins. And then you can go to some places where you see real mansions. I'm talking about homes, man. Well, people will live in those homes and they won't see the square footage for years. These things are big. That's being made for you in heaven right now. Your personal mansion. Mine's going to have golf course in it. I mean, I can tell you what's going to be in it. Okay? I can tell you what's going to be in mine. And then there's going to be some stuff there that he, I don't even know he's going to put there. Okay? Because I don't want to hit a stroke on the, on the golf ball and make a hole in one every time I hit. That, that, that's boring. But I like to chip and putt and all that stuff. So my point is, your mansion is going to be designed for you. That's citizenship, man. That's residency. And he said, I got to go do that. And he says, uh, if it were not so, I would not have told you, for I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, watch this, I'll come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, you may be also. Okay, going the wrong way, Johnny. And then it says, and you know the way where I'm going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you're going. How do we know the way? And Jesus says, I'm the way. 
Child's the one that's going to get you there. I'm the one that's leaving to build this mansion for you. And he says, I'm the truth. This mansion is going to be made of truth. And what you seek in your heart, because I have created you, is a heart that wants truth. Is a heart that wants God. And you know what? I'm also the life. And I want you to understand that God wants to give us life, ladies and gentlemen. He wants to give us to us more abundantly. Amen. Amen. He does. And no one comes to the Father but through me. Now, I want you to get that first cross-reference. Because I want you to understand that Jesus is building something there right now for you. Right now. Now, that's amazing. Now, how often do you have to drive around Fort Collins where you see these big old cranes up there, man? Every time you look up something's going on. I do a lot of work on CSU campus. Know a lot of people over there. And then they basically uh, took out a loan against themselves for a half billion dollars to redo that campus. My wife went there, I went there. And I mean, they got so many places that these people live in, man, live like penthouses. All I had was a dorm room with a couple of towels and a plastic cup. <laughs> and then it's stuff. Think out now. It's amazing. I would go to school today just to live in the dorms. <laughs> because I want you to understand what Jesus is doing. You see all these cranes all over the place, and they're building. They're building for the future. And Jesus Christ right now is building. Watch this for your eternity. Isn't that beautiful? So, so, so when you hear him begin to go back to Ephesians 2, 19 and 20, I want you to understand the words I'm going to use here in just a moment. But I want you to get this cross-reference just to get a picture. Now, here is the next set of scriptures. Because not only in that particular set of scripture is he talking to us uh, about our mansion and what he's building, but this he says, man, there's a foundation that's being laid for that building. Now, ladies and gentlemen, if you don't have a foundation for a building, let me say this to you, that thing will cave in on you. But this is an eternal foundation. Now, here's what he says. He says, for we are God, what? Fellow workers. And you are God's field. God's, here we go, building. Think about that. He moves from a body to a building. He's trying to say something to you. And then he says, according to the grace, because God did not have to do it, but he made you a building of God which was given to me. Paul is saying, I am a what? Wise master builder. Let me say this to you. The church is hurting today because she has stopped building. I'm not talking about buildings. She stopped discipling, she stopped evangelizing, and she stopped being a good neighbor. And so she stopped building, she stopped growing. We spend more time building buildings than we do building people. I'm not, I'm not beating her down. But what I'm saying to you, Paul, is says, man, I'm a wise master builder. You young men here, you men here who are fathers, man, God wants to use you to build a home, right? Okay. Build her. Build your kids. Help your wife become what Christ wants her to be. Blameless, holy, without spot, and without wrinkles. You got to sit her before God. Building. And it says lay a foundation. Something's up under that to make it uh, work. Because, you know, uh, when they built the Empire State Building, and they had the two towers before they were uh, shot down or brought down, that if you realize how much time they had to dig that hole, they spent more time digging that hole than they did building that building. Why? Because of the height. And as a foundation here that goes deep, and it says the foundation. He says, and another is built up on it. So the reason why other people can't build is because we're not building. If I don't build, my son can't build. His children won't be able to build. And the reason why I may not have been able to build because my dad built. And my daddy was a construction man that worked construction for 40 years. I couldn't do it for three days. Houston, Texas, are you kidding me? So I'm beating down on you, man, look here. I went out and got me another job. A building is important, now, but, but, but he said, <laughs> he says, but the, each one must be careful how he builds upon it. For no man can lay a foundation other than the one which is laid, which is Christ Jesus. So guess what Jesus did in, in, in John 14? He says, I'm going to go and build this mansion for you. But you know what I'm going to do first? 
So that's why John 14 and, 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 and Corinthians 3, 9 through 11 hook up. Because these are about building materials. These are about building you. Okay, now I'm going to show you something here in just a minute. But, but I've I, I got to get you to this next one here so, so, so you can understand what it says. Now watch this. And it says, as God has appointed in the church first apostles and, and, and prophets second and, and teachers third and then miracles, then gifts of healing, helps, administration, and various languages. Guess what he's doing? He's laying out architecture and engineering. He's saying these people are not better than anybody. They're just first. Because when you begin to lay a foundation, man, you got to have a blueprint. You got to know that these engineers know what to do. They can tell you how many screws, how many bricks, and all that's going to build. And then you got these people who understand how to go dig that hole, put that little brick there on the corner, and lay everything else on it. Jesus is doing that for you in heaven. But watch this now. He's also doing that right here on earth. Because we're talking about this human building. We're talking about this building, ladies and gentlemen, that's made of concrete and mortar. We're talking about a building made up of human beings. Man, that's different. And nobody can build that but Jesus. Guess what? <laughs> you are a part of it. <laughs> and you got to stop being a brick to say, I'm tired of being a brick, so I'm going to just leave. <laughs> and all of a sudden, if all the bricks in this place say, you know, man, I am sick and tired of being a bean. You know, I'm sick and tired of being a roof. I think I'm going to be something else. Man, this building will cave in on itself. That's what the body of Christ is doing. I don't want to be a brick no more. See? And man, if we just get in our place and let Jesus and the Holy Spirit be modern in between and hold us together, I'm telling you, man, that's and then when people see the church, they don't see concrete and water. They see a human building. Are you kidding yourself? Man, you are beautiful. <laughs> you are. So when he looks at you, he sees a building. Now, I remember telling the story years ago. Some of you weren't even born when I told it. But, but you know, there was a bunch of people who were coming by a construction site. And, 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 and there was a guy who who was laying bricks, there was another guy who was doing some things, and one man asked this one guy, what are you doing? He said, ah, oh, man, I'm just, I'm just kind of putting bricks on top of each other. And, and, and then they, they went and asked another guy, what are you doing? He said, oh, man, I'm building a wall. But the third guy they asked, they said, man, what are you doing? He says, man, I'm building a cathedral. See, he, he had a perspective. See, God is just not building bricks and building a wall. about that next week. I'll just set you up a little bit. Y'all come back, okay? Temple. And you are the temple God is building not only in heaven, it is being built in heaven. Watch this. But it's also being built right here on earth. So that the world could see you. See? So, 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 quit, th quit, quit thinking, man, that you're some kind of reject. So not only when we read John did we deal with the fact that, you know, we're, we're looking at this mansion that's being built. And also in, 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 in uh, First Corinthians, but I want you to watch this part because we're getting ready to hit this one. Really like it. Now, think about this. He said he gave some as apostles. These who he has put as apostles are those who come to help govern. And then he says, and some as prophets, those who come and help guide. He, he says, and some as evangelists, those who come and help gather. These who are pastors, those who come and help guard. And these who are teachers, 
who come to help ground. So you govern, you guide, you gather, you guard, and you ground. These, these are, are, are people here put in the church today for her help. Right now, for one purpose, to do what? Man, for the equipping of the saints. I'm going to ask you a question. I didn't ask you if you just got a bunch of teachers, but you need to ask yourself a question. When you're being equipped, ask yourself that question. I'm not, I'm not talking about listening to somebody on some kind of radio or TV and you tune into somebody's ministry. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about somebody who's taking the time to train you to do exactly what you need to be doing as a believer in the household of God. And I tell you, man, there's a lot of people in the church that ain't doing that and haven't done that and don't even know what that is. They don't. Equipped. And not only being equipped, watch this, ladies and gentlemen, but equipped to do what? God's work. Not my work. Not Jesus' work. God's work. See, God's got something going on, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> and he'd like for you to join it, okay? And then he says, and until we obtain something, until we obtain what the unity of faith, I want you to understand something, folks. If there is 250,000 Christians in any one place, God is not looking for 250,000 opinions about who he is. It's only one faith. That's it. Not your faith, his faith. That you understand what faith is. And then he moves on and says, and know the knowledge of the Son of God. This knowledge is experiential. It's, and you experience his knowledge. And, and, and then he says, of the Son of God, to what? To a mature person. And man, I, all he's saying is, grow up. And get mature. Get off the snot eye. Because what you got now won't be good for tomorrow. What you got now is only good for the day. What you had yesterday is gone. That's why they call the day the present. It's a gift. And, 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 and then he says, hold on. And the measure of the statue, that's something, the blueprint, which belongs to the fullness of Christ. I mean, you take John, you take Corinthians, and you take Ephesians. Now you understand why Jesus left and started building this mansion. But when he left, it wasn't like he left earth, never to have any influence over it again. In the meantime, he is building a building made of human beings. That's who you are. You got to see yourself differently. You got to, some of you got to see yourself as the basement. Some of you got to see yourself. As, as this column pole holding up the roof. Some of you got to see yourself as the wall, man. And any one part that's missing, it ceases to be a house. It ceases to be a building. And the only thing that's not great in all of creation is the church. Everybody else is right, but the church don't want to have right. They want to just run around like a whole mess of frogs because I got Jesus. sense to you, now you can understand verse 19 and 20. So now what he says, and we will, we will venture, we will venture back to that. Right. Now we can understand verse 19 and 20. Because when you, when you see the word so then, okay, it, it, it says to the degree that it is suggested in verse 18 and 17. So then you are no longer something. You remember the other verses that said he went over here to those who were far away? And, and, and then he came over here to those 
who were near. He came into your neighborhood. He came into your heart. He came into your soul. He came to those who were near. He came to those who were way off. He says, I want you to understand something. You're no longer way off, and those of you who are near are not as near as you're going to be because I want you to know that you're no longer a stranger. Now let me tell you something about a stranger. A stranger is a foreigner. They are unfamiliar. They are unknown. And they're way out there. See, and then an alien is someone from another country whose identity does not lie in the country that they're in. And he said, that has been abolished. And what he's saying is, I'm getting ready to take this new humanity. I'm getting ready to put it together. I'm getting ready to take two kinds of people, watch this, who were enemies, and I'm getting ready to make them a new humanity. You know what? Jesus is the answer to humanity. Did y'all know that? If they would just let Jesus walk up in the White House, man. I mean, this dude would clear it out, man. I mean, he would solve. The wall problem. He would he would solve judges. He would solve all kinds of stuff. Because he is the answer. There are no other answers. Man has tried. Some guy, some woman get up every four to ten years and tell us what they're gonna do. And they wind up not doing it. And we've got a nerve to have two parties that think both of them are wrong. And it just gets worse and worse and worse. Now we gotta pray for them. And the church is no better. And all we have to do is just let Jesus come in. I just let him have it. I mean, he, man, he, he heals families, he heals marriages, he, he does all of that stuff. And he said, look here, man, I went over to this other side, and I want you to understand something. Man, you are no longer a stranger, because the worst thing that can happen to a stranger is that he be a stranger to you. Now, our city manager spoke to us, pastors, about 35 of us, in Everyday Joe's last uh, Thursday, and he was talking about the homelessness in our city. And, and, you know, homelessness is not illegal. But, but he says if homeless people do something illegal, they'll have to deal with them. But, 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 but they sit down and they talk to them. And, and they say, what is the kind of thing that, 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 that kind of makes you uncomfortable with people? And he says, uh, when they pass by us, they pass by. They don't even look at us. He said, one of the biggest things that we look for every single day is somebody would even look me in the eye and smile at me. That's one of the biggest needs that the homeless people look for. Mm -hmm. Okay. But if they don't want to be looked at as strangers. So are y'all with the brother at all? Is it? Mm -hmm. I'm just trying to encourage you. Hopefully I'm not beating you down. I'm building you up because you are a building. The building looks a certain way. A building has character to it. And he said, you're not an alien. You're, you're, you're not far off. And the whole issue of, of alien means that you're not legally a part of this place. Even though you come here, you're here illegally. And God begins to take two things. Vicki and I talked about this this week. I was sharing with her a little bit. She said, you know what? This, this thing as you're talking about, honey, moves from legality to intimacy. Now watch this. Fellow citizens. That means you're legally a resident. And saints. Now there's a team playing right now on national TV called the New Orleans Saints. You know, in, in Louisiana, thing that the word saint talks about, the word saint means holy, ladies and gentlemen. You can't get into this residency and not be holy. Saints, clean, separated, legal citizens of the kingdom. But all the saints all over the world. I told you a while back about Rick taking us to this place called Thailand and going into this little village called Nahuk. And seeing these little bitty Thai people about this tall. <laughs> love them, man. Got a lot of Thai friends. Really love them. And the only thing that connected that man with me, because he'd never seen a black man before in his entire life, the only thing that connected me with him is the word Jesus Christ. Man, it's amazing. 
says, watch this, he says, God's household. Now, God's household here is beautiful because God is creating a new humanity out of enemies. And this word household means now you are domesticated as well as you are now what? A relative. That's who we are. We're relatives. You may not like it, but we're relatives. Some of y'all got rhythm, some of y'all don't, but we're still relatives. You know what I'm saying? Man, it's good stuff. And then it says here in verse 20, it says, having been what? Built. I really like this. Having been built. Now, this word built means what? Shaped, formed, reared up, something to be erected. Now, I like that part. Why? Because out of all the buildings in the world, there is nothing more attractive than a building that is made by God. Nothing more attractive. Okay? So now, I'm kind of getting ready to bring this home for you. Because I want you to understand how you see yourself, how you should see yourself. Now, I've given you a big picture the last two weeks about the whole book of Ephesians because I'm getting ready to bring this home. I told you that the first half of that book says that you're seated at the right hand of Christ. The second half of that book tells you that because you're seated at the right hand of Christ, this is how you're going to behave. And our behavior needs to match where we're seated. And if we are in the residency of the kingdom, we need to act like that. We need to reflect that. When people see us, they should see the kingdom of God. Reflect it because God is putting us one on top of each other, one side of each other, and our behavior should reflect that, our looks should reflect that, our attitudes should reflect that. There should also always be a fresh wind and a fresh fire in the believer. Always, because it don't come from you. It don't come from your circumstances. Now, if you know that you're seated at the right hand of God, and you also know that you ought to behave a certain way because of power, then when you look at those five to six verses, you see, okay, this building is called out. It's going to be different than any other building around. This building is also a family. Man, the beauty of it, these cathedrals that have these stained glass windows, this Taj Mahal, that when you look at it, man, it is breathtaking. It took some time to put that together. Guess what? Jesus is taking time to put you together. Amen. And then you become a mystery because they can't figure you out in the chapter 3. That they can't figure the church out. She's still here. They can't get rid of her. They can't stamp her out. I want you to know that in Japan and China and places like that, it is the fastest growing Christian communities in the world. Why? Because they're being the most persecuted. Does God need to persecute us and all of us to get right? God, please don't spank me, man. Just tell me what to do. I'll do it. <laughs> That's chapter 3. When you get to chapter 4, man, it talks about that team. See, this building is supposed to reflect something called out, somewhat of a family, somewhat of a mystery, and a team. And then in verse chapter 5, she's this bride. This building needs to look like a bride. My hope one day is that we buy this building and each weekend, man, we have weddings in here. And when women walk into this building, they'll say, man, I want to be married here. Because there's something about this place. You see? And then in chapter 6, it tells us that we are army. So when he puts that building together, she looks like an army. She looks like a, a bride. She looks like a team. She looks like a mystery. She looks like a family. She's called out. So when he says, being built, then he tells you about the foundation. I love it. And when you look at the word foundation, it is basically talking about what holds you up. You ever thought about the world, the earth itself, being twisted on an axle? You know why I twist on an axle? So you can measure a day. A real day. So you can measure 24 hours. You know, I'm 
talking to scientists today. I don't know where they got this billion thing from. Now that's a day. And he just said, let it be. And he holds that earth up with his fingers. Man, that's incredible. And yet what he did, he says, I'm also going to give to this church. I'm also going to give to this human building that I am constructing. I'm going to give them apostles and I'm going to give them prophets as architects and engineers of laying the foundation because while I am in heaven building your mansion, I'm also here on earth and I've laid down offices, I've laid down gifts, and I've laid down gifted people who know the blueprint of how it should look and I'm giving it to the churches again. Not to dominate her, but to build her up. Are you hearing that all? Amen. To build you up and not to blow smoke at you, but to call you exactly who you are. You are a child of the king, and you have residency in his kingdom. Amen. Do you all know that the kingdom is governed by laws? Man, when you learn how to tap into those laws, look out. In this last part, Jesus Christ himself being the tested rock. My goodness, I, I've got this little thing in my home down at the bottom. My wife had time to have that. She was down in the basement. She says, you got this little rock down there. Well, there's a rock in my little room down there. It's an altar. And that was a time in my life where I was just going through a lot of stuff. I remember getting a, a teaching from a young man that I listened to quite often. And he was talking about what rocks represent. And these obviously were here from the beginning. And they represent things that have been what? Pressed. <coughs> they represent things that have been up under a lot of pressure. And he said, go find a rock somewhere. And I did. I went outside and went down to the bottom of well, the mountain that we stay up under and just brought it into the house. Because every time I kneel down and put my head on that rock, I realize what made that rock a rock. Jesus is the rock. And he even tells us, ladies and gentlemen, that when you listen to me and you listen to my commandments, it's like a man who builds his house on a rock. And guess what? The wind comes. The storm comes. The elements rise up. But man, that rock stays the same. I'm going to ask you a question. What's the rock in your life? Where is it? Is your rock your circumstances? Is your rock your money? Is your rock something else? Jesus said there's really only one rock. And it's a proven and tested rock. So how do we close this? How do we bring this home tonight? Here's how we bring it home. Finished work and the peacemaking work of Jesus Christ on the cross okay, is building a residency in the kingdom for you right now. And he's doing the same thing on earth. He wants you to be a part of this human building that is unlike any structure. Not only you take his breath away, he takes his breath and he puts it in you so that you might live. So that your identity is not rest upon what people think or people say. It's rest upon the rock of Jesus Christ. It's stable. It's consistent. And so Jesus understands. to take up our offering. And maybe something in you
what the temple looks like and what it represents. But I also want to encourage you to give today. We also want you to understand the importance of that and how your funds help us fulfill the vision that is here in Full Commons. And as I got promises you, that there, there, there are three kinds of giving. There's offerings and there's alms, but also there are tithes. And God, when he says, when we give that tithe, guess what happened then? He says, I promise you something. And I promise you that the gates of, of, of the storehouse would, of heaven would just be opened up for you to and then I'll bring it back to you. Uh, and I want you to continue to give to my economy, as we say. And so as you give today, know that God wants to bless you. And he says, you know, test me to see what happens. And so, Father, as we pray today and receive our offerings, we, we give this back to you. We give this 10% and whatever else we give, Heavenly Father, we give it, uh, we give it with gladness. We do. And the beauty is, if we give you that 10 and you, you leave us the 90, the man is for you. That, that's just so powerful. So we just ask being done, I'd, I'd just like to, to, to say as we close here, that maybe there's somebody in this room who don't know Jesus intimately. Now you've gone to church all your life. A lot of people go to church. Going to church don't get you to heaven no more than you're sitting in the garage making your car, man. Because there's some things that you got to understand that God wants you to have that heavenly residency. He does. And so we always ask this question all the time, every Sunday. We give an invitation for people to come to know Jesus Christ. And we ask this question on your spiritual journey. Are you sure you know you're going to heaven or is there something that you're still working on? Because we want you to know that heaven's a gift, man can't earn it, you don't deserve it. It's by grace that you've been saved. We're sinners. We can't save ourselves. It only takes one sin to keep you out of heaven. And God does not want to punish you, but he's got to punish sin. So he sent Jesus Christ to do something that was miraculous, man. He died on the cross before he did. He wrote your, on your record book of sin, he wrote paid for. Died rose from death. Went to do what we talked about in John. Prepare a place for you. Get your mansion. And the only way you can get through that is faith. And that faith is in the finished, complete work of Jesus Christ. That's where it is. And he gives you an invitation to come. So, Father in heaven, there may be somebody here today that says, you know what, John, I want to receive Christ as my Lord and Savior. You just want to give him that opportunity because God said, if you confess me before me, I'll confess you before my Father in heaven so that you might be where I am. If that's you, I just want you to raise your hand this morning and say, this is me, I want to receive him today, right now. Don't put that off, ladies and gentlemen. Don't put that off. Let's say it. Father, we're going to say it. Now, we always want to give you opportunity to do business at the altar. You don't have to come up here. You really don't. But, but, but if you so choose to come, it's because God is drawing you to come to this altar and say, Father, can I, can I begin to live? Can I begin to see myself as heavenly kingdom residency? Can I, can I begin to start acting like a citizen, not of the United States, but a citizen of the kingdom? And can I start living out the, the, the laws that that kingdom bring about. Maybe it starts for you today, right here. I'm going to ask you to come as we say. You don't have to come. You don't have to. But if you choose to stand right where you are, I'm asking you to do the same thing. God changed my mind about the kingdom, about my residency over here. So we're going to sing this one time, and, and then we're going to give you the benediction. Come to the altar.
so much for coming to hang out with us today. Hope that uh, you allowed God to do some kingdom business with you. And that uh, as you leave this place, you realize uh, that you are this human building that he's putting together for the world to see. And you unite with all Christians all over the world. And as you go today, you go in peace. Man, you go in grace. And you know that God's face is shining on you and to him who's able to do far above anything you can think of and then you can manage. Peace be to God. In Jesus' name, God bless you. You are free to go. Have a good day. We will not meet here tonight, but have fun this weekend. Thank you so much.